Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job has some practical guidance on how to stay fervent in our faith. You need to be reminded of your story, reminded of your journey, because those are important. What they do is they remind you of the things that you've learned so you don't forget they're crucial to your life in God. And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend, featuring the teaching of Mark Job, Moody Bible Institute president and founder of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today we pick up where we left off last time in Revelation chapter 3 with a closer look at the Church of Sardis, one of the seven New Testament churches of the day that God chose to confront. You see, they looked good on the outside, but inside they were spiritually dead. The Lord revealed five commands to the prophet John to confront their deadness and help them make a spiritual recovery. And Mark Job outlines these five commands for us today. To follow along, you'll find us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 2, here on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. He says, you guys need to wake up. The Spirit of God is telling this church, wake up, wake up. The second thing he tells them is not only wake up, but he says, strengthen that which remains. Look what it says. Um, Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Strengthen what remains. You see what he's saying is the light hasn't gone completely out. There's still a flicker. The gas tank is not totally empty, but unless you do something about it, you will run out of gas. You have to strengthen what you still have. It's low, it's weak, but strengthen it. Have you ever, with, with winter in Chicago, have you ever uh, felt like, hey, my battery is a little weak? You, 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 you start the car and, it, and you think, man, I, I need to charge my battery. That ever happened to someone? You know it's weak. And if you, if you let it keep going, the day will come where it'll go. And, and, and you know it's about to die, but sometimes you postpone it because it doesn't take priority in your life. You don't make it an important thing. And then you're going to get stuck somewhere because it'll die and you have to replace the battery. I have to admit I have a, I have a bad habit. Multiple bad habits. But one of my bad habits is that I I like to drive my car on the gas as far as I can go. And I'm always thinking, I'll make it. It drives my wife nuts. I say, no, 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 I have gas. She says, well, it's almost on the red. I got some miles. I I can make it. And so I'm always telling her, I can make it. I can make it, even if it's on fumes. And I feel like I have a good pulse of how far I can go in my car. And I can make it. And she's nervous about it. And so sure enough, last year, I was on my way to pick up my daughter from school. And I said, I can make it. And I got pretty far, and I knew it was low, but I thought, hey, I, I, I still can make it. And I felt the car go, and it went out. And I realized I'm out of gas. <laughs> Fortunately, I was on a hill. So I started, I put the car in neutral, and I'm going, 
Because just a couple blocks ahead was a gas station. So I'm going like this as much as I can. I get there. I'm a half a block away. I have to go to get a can, fill it up, walk. like I'm one of those people walking with a gas can like this down the street. One of those people. Fill up my car. Go pick up my daughter. I was tempted not to tell my wife. I just did not want to tell her because I knew it would give her too much joy. I knew... She would just be thrilled to know that I had run out of gas. And sure enough, when I told her, it gave her great delight and great enthusiasm to hear that I had run out of gas. It made her day. And I knew I would hear after that, see, remember the time you ran out of gas? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's one thing on a gas tank in our car. But a lot of us play that dangerous game when it comes to our spiritual lives. You you think, well, I can make it. I still have some faith. I'll be okay. Or I'm not, I know I'm not as strong as I used to be. And I know I haven't spent a lot of time. I haven't cultivated it. And I know I'm not doing that well. But, you know, I, I can survive. I can make it. I can still go through life. I, you know, I, I know it's, I got to do something about it eventually. But I think I'm okay for now. And we play a dangerous game with our spiritual life where we let our spiritual gas tank get really, really low. And in our mind we say, but I think I can still live off of the fumes. I think I can still make it. And what the Spirit of God is saying to this church is, you know, you need to strengthen what you still have. Because unless you strengthen what you have, you can run out. And you see what happens when you run out, you wake up one day and say, what happened to my faith? How did I get into this mess that I'm in right now? How come God feels like he's a thousand miles away? How come I have a very little hunger spiritually? How come I've gotten into these bad decisions and bad habits? What has happened to me? What has happened to me? I'll tell you what happened to you. It didn't happen overnight. It never happens overnight. It was slowly going down and you ignored it. You just ignored it. You didn't deal with it. Just like your marriage, it was slowly going down. You didn't go from this to this overnight. You just let it keep going on autopilot. You didn't give it the energy that how do you strengthen something? You strengthen something by pouring into it, by giving it attention, by making it a priority again, by saying, I'm going to invest in it. Just like you strengthen your marriage that way, you also strengthen your walk with God. You say, God, I, I, you, you, you've moved down to 10th place in my priority list. God, I need to give you attention again. I need to bring my heart back to you, God. I need to begin to do those things I did at the beginning. I need to strengthen that which still remains in my life. I need to strengthen it. Strengthen that which remains and is about to die. Listen, listen, I want you to hear me well. It can die. It can die. It can get to the point where it just dies. The candle flickers and flickers and then goes out. I've seen it happen. You got to fan it. You got to invest in it. 
The third thing he says is remember, therefore, what you have received and what you have heard. Remember. You know what remember means? Remember means rehearse what has happened in the past, what you have received and what you have heard. You you need to remember the things that have happened in your life. Listen, some of you need to go back to the moment, maybe it was four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. You need to go back to that moment that you bowed your knee before God Almighty and you said, God, I make you Savior and Lord of my life. I invite you in, Father. Take control of my life. Wash me, cleanse me, make me a new person, Father, for I am yours. Do you remember that that's when you gave God your life you said he was Lord remember that commitment and just like I think the restoration of a marriage is remembering your wedding day the vows that you made the commitment that you made for better or for worse for richer, for poor. Some of you say, yeah, I've been in the poor side a long time. You know, that was a commitment. Do you remember those words? And in your walk with God, do you remember the times where you've had God encounters, where you have actually remember what God has spoken into your life? As some of you have had powerful, powerful encounters with Almighty God, where he spoke to your life powerfully, but they've become vague memories in your mind. And what the Spirit of God says is go back to those times. Remember what God has done. Remember what you have received from God, the forgiveness, the healing, the change of heart. Remember what you have learned, those things that God has poured into your heart, those experiences that you've had, those life changes of events that have happened. You need to go back. You need to rehearse them. You need to be reminded of your story, reminded of your journey, reminded of the milestones in your life because those are important. What they do is they remind you of the things that you've learned so you don't forget. They're crucial to your life in God. They really are. Oh, how quickly we forget. Oh, man. How quickly we forget what God has done, what he's touched us, what he delivered us from, what he forgave us from, his answers to prayer. How quickly we forget. And he says, I want you to remember, therefore, what you've received and what you've heard. Remember it. Remember it. I think if some of us remembered, oh, if some of us remembered, it would stir our hearts back. Some of us have prayed to God in difficult situations. We have cried out to God and you have said, God, if you hear my prayer, I will never forget. I will never turn back. I will. And you know what? You forgot. You forgot. He answered, delivered you, and you forgot. Remember, take a trip down memory's lane your spiritual journey and stir it up again.
This is Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, and we're in the middle of five important phrases that the Lord gave to the church at Sardis and to us today. We'll continue this important study in just a moment. A reminder that today's lesson and all of Mark's messages heard on Bold Steps Weekend are available for streaming online. Head over to boldstepsweekend.org for a full archive of messages that will help equip and encourage you in your faith journey. Again, go to boldstepsweekend.org. Or if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the Bold Steps Weekend podcast, where you can listen to these messages anytime and anywhere you go. Just open up your podcast app on your mobile phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. Well, now back to the church at Sardis here on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. The two last exhortations are obey it and repent. You see, the problem is that many of us know we have it in our head, but we've done nothing about it. And oftentimes the church is looked at as a learning center, a teaching center. In reality, the church of the living God, a place like this needs to be an action center. It needs to be a place where we come and we encounter God and we do something about what we've learned. You see, unapplied knowledge is a dangerous thing. Uh, You accumulate knowledge in your head, but you don't live it out. It's dangerous because your knowledge can actually become a barrier to your growth because knowledge that you accumulate, but you refuse to apply becomes data. And what happens is the next time you hear it, you say, well, I already know that. I already know that. Some of you have been around Christianity so long, you say, well, I should, I, I should talk to someone, but I already know what they're going to tell me. Don't raise your hand if you know. I should go have a brother pray with me and talk. I already know what they're going to say. I already know. Can I tell you something? Just because you know it up here doesn't mean anything unless you're applying it down here. I already know that message. (laughs) No one asked you if you knew it. The question is, are you doing it? I already know about forgiveness and that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know you know about it, but how come you're still bitter against your father? How come you're still resentful against your wife? I, I know you know it. But the question is, are you applying it? Have you done something about it? And when he says, I want you to obey the things that you know you need to do, obey them. And how many of us know what we need to do, but we haven't obeyed. We haven't taken the step. Here, listen to me well. Look up at me this morning, this afternoon. This is what God is saying to you. What you know to do, do it. Do it. Yeah, no, I got to break up with this boyfriend. He's no good. I know he's no good for me. But yeah, hey, hey, wait a second. You've known that for a long time. Now do it. Do it. Got to write this letter. I know I got to write this letter. Ask for forgiveness. It's been, a, you know, hey, hey, hey you, you've known that for a long time. Write it. I got I to gotta get covenant eyes on my computer because, you know, get it. Stop knowing what you need to do and do it. Do it. You're stuck because of lack of obedience. Now do it. I'm talking about 
how to be the same on the inside as we are on the outside, that the label on the outside needs to match the label on the inside. Listen, you can make noise and you can praise the Lord and people can think you're alive, but let me tell you, if your heart is not right with God, then your label is not the same as your inside and there's a mismatch that happens there and God is saying, I see your heart, no label is gonna trick me, I want what's on the inside to be the same that's on the outside, church of the living God, amen? That's what God is saying. And then lastly, he says, and repent. Uh, he doesn't go into an explanation of it. He says, obey and repent. Uh, you see, repentance is very simple. You say, well, pastor, I'm not sure if I know if I've repented or not. Let me give you one quick, easy way of knowing. If you haven't changed, you haven't repented. Because repentance brings about change, period. Well, I was really sorry that you were sorry. Repentance mean, brings about change. Repentance means I was going in a direction and I, I felt convicted about it. I confessed it to God and I felt enough compulsion that I really, that I didn't go in the same direction. I turned around. Some of us are going, I feel really bad about this. Oh God, I, oh, oh. Oh, this is terrible. I feel really bad, but I'm still going there. And, oh God, I know I shouldn't. God, I know, I'm, Lord, I, uh, I, I'm a believer. I shouldn't go. Hey, that's not repentance. Here's repentance. God, I know this is wrong. Lord, this is not right of you. I confess it. This is wrong, God. I will not go that way anymore. I turn around and I go in a different direction. That's repentance. That's repentance. You have not repented if you're still doing the same thing that you said you were repenting over. That's not repentance. Now, you need to maintain your repentance because sometimes that same old thing lifts its head up again. And But you need to, you need to stop doing what you're doing. You need to go in a different direction and you need to maintain, the Bible says, th that you are to keep the fruit of repentance or manifest the fruit of repentance. In other words, you have to maintain what God gave you. And so he says, those are the things you need to do. You need to simply wake up, strengthen what remains, remember where you have come from, obey it and repent. And then he gives a word of encouragement. He says, well, first of all, warning, but if you do not wake up, listen, if you don't wake up, you don't wake up spiritually, listen, I will come to you like a thief. You will not know at what time I will come to you. You know what he's saying there? Is I'm giving you time to turn around. But, but you're not going to know when I come to you again. Hey, last I heard, thieves don't send little postcards warning when they're coming. Oh, what did you get in the mail today? Oh, I got a little postcard. It says, I plan to burglarize your house Friday at three o'clock in the afternoon. No, that's not how a thief operates. A thief comes to your house unexpectedly. When you least expect it, Jesus says this. Listen, I'm giving you time to come. I'm giving you time to repent. But you know what? Listen, if you don't wake up and don't repent, listen, I'm coming to you like a thief. You don't know when I'm coming, how it's going to come. And that could, that could mean a lot of things. But, but basically, he's going to show up. You better be ready. The end times is going to show up. You better be ready. Listen, your life is like a vapor. It's here a moment. It's gone the next. 
there is no guarantee you say, well, pastor, hopefully, you know, I'll have time before I die. You know, maybe on my deathbed, I'll be saying, oh, help me, Lord, I repent. And, and then boom, I'll go, hey, hey, you may have that mercy of knowing that you're on the deathbed, or you may be hit head on with a car and never have a chance to even utter a prayer. Do you hear what I'm saying? You don't risk it. You don't risk your life that way. And then he says, hey, but there's some of you, listen, there's some of you who are alive on the inside and alive on the outside. You haven't soiled your garments. He says, I have a few people. Oh, it's a sad statement. Out of all this church, he said, I have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. Most of them have. Most of them are halfway. Most of them are not walking with me. But I have a few people who haven't soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white. Dressed in white is a, is, is, is symbolism of a clear and pure conscience. These are people that walk knowing they're right with me. They're clean before me for they are worthy. Verse five, he who overcomes, he, he who overcomes will like them be dressed in white because they overcome. Not that they don't struggle, but because they overcome. Secondly, I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. That is a scary verse. I will, I will never blot out his name from the book of life. It makes it sound like people's names can be blotted out of the book of life. Scary. I've heard various interpretations of it. Some people believe that everybody's name is originally written in the book of life, but those that don't come to Christ, don't accept Christ, their names are blotted out. The point is this. The point is, whatever you have, you better keep and strengthen it. Oh, I've been saved since I was six years old. I'm glad. I'm glad you prayed when you were six years old. But those that endure to the end, those that endure to the end, you see, your salvation is manifest by your permanence. Lessons drawn from the church at Sardis from Mark Job here today on Bold Steps. Mark, whatever we have spiritually, we better keep and strengthen. You know, Wayne, this message is so relevant for us today uh, because really the essence of what God is saying through to the church of Sardis is you have a reputation of being alive. Mm hmm I mean, you have this reputation, but really, you're spiritually dead. Oh, how sad, huh? Yeah, and I think we can all relate to that. We can all relate to seasons in our life where we can allow spiritual deadness to set in, where we lose the fire, that zeal, we just become dormant. And God may be speaking to someone right now. You've listened to this message and you say, you know, that's exactly where I'm at today. Yes, thank you, Mark, for this important message today. Well, here at Bold Steps Weekend, we offer you a sincere gospel messages in order to set you on the path to freedom, revival, and transformation. Listeners all over the country are being set free. And as a listener-supported ministry, it's generous friends like you that help make it all possible. Your monthly gifts truly help us stay on the air. We're so grateful for those who've already made the decision to give a gift every month. That's what a bold partner is. Would you consider doing the same? It's easy to become a monthly partner right now at boldstepsweekend.org. 
or talk with one of our friendly staff by calling us at 866-535-5580. Now, as a thank you for your monthly support or a gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of this month's Bold Action Gift. It's a book titled Fear and Faith. Mark, here's a question for you. Do you think God ever uses fear to teach us things? You know, that's a great question. I think there's a good kind of fear, the fear of God, mm-hmm. uh, the, the reverent fear of His presence and the wrath and judgment. I think those are good fears. But over and over, Scripture really tells us not to live our life dominated by fear. I think of Paul's words to Timothy, God has not given no. you a spirit of fear, certainly has not. but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Well, we're offering a bold action gift called Fear and Faith by Trillia Newbell. And this is a chance to take bold action towards a fear-free life. Imagine waking up each morning with a renewed sense of purpose and confidence in the knowledge that fear no longer has a hold on you. Don't wait to request this bold action gift when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Weekend. To give that gift, call us at 866-535-5580 or give online at boldstepsweekend.org or send your gift in the mail to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if you'd like even more Bold Steps content, be sure to sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly and start receiving Mark's weekly devotional email every Monday morning. You won't want to miss out on this encouraging and insightful devotional. The Bold Stepper Weekly is absolutely free, and it gives you a more personal connection with Mark as he shares personal ministry updates and encouraging stories each week. So get your name on the list for next week's devotional by going to boldstepsweekend.org. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for joining us. And be sure to come back next weekend when Mark begins the final message in our series, Deeper Beyond Shallow Spirituality. That's next time, right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Old Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.